Welcome to Enneagram Plus Yoga, a podcast for the body, heart, and mind. And this is part two with Sean Weller. We're looking at how the Enneagram is a map to explore our strengths and our weaknesses. Sean is a yoga teacher, a martial arts expert. He's also a personal trainer. He teaches at the Sports Barn, at Yoga Landing, at Dragonfly Dreams. He does personal training at Balance Studio on Signal Mountain. He's a great guy. I really hope that you'll look him up if you live in the Chattanooga area and are looking for a personal trainer or a yoga teacher. But we're so glad to have him with us. He has a lot of wisdom that he's imparted in both um, of these episodes. So thanks for joining us. I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. Confucius, you want to read that quote, Kat? Yeah. Before you embark on a journey of revenge, dig two graves. Again, <laughs> you know, <laughs> lifetime of work, and I travel with shovel in hand, you know, mm. digging them graves. I think it all comes down to, and again, Brene Brown said, our superpower species is language. Yeah. And language for one, this is wrong. This is just not right. This is not fair. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to show you. Mm-hmm. You did it wrong, and then I'm going Joan Arc on you. Yeah. And yeah. avenge and revenge, and because that helps me feel like I said it right. Yeah. yeah. Which is not a right way to live life. I'm just going there and saying it. But just to understand the logic. Mm-hmm. It's, you know... When you have been wronged, or when you see somebody being wronged, the impulse to, for me, for one, is I'm going to show you mm-hmm. how you made somebody feel, how you made me feel. Avenge and revenge. Mm-hmm. You know, I wish I could tell you that it's the dish better served cold. It's tough as well, because then it, revenge usually comes with a nice dose uh, serving of anger. And mm-hmm. anger is just adding to the fire. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, it's hard. It is hard. It just, like she said, just it just builds up, builds mm-hmm. up, builds up. Yeah. There's times I've, uh, someone will say something, and it could be just nothing, and it's just, I'll linger on it. Mm-hmm. And it could be just something random. Mm-hmm. And you'll just linger and linger and linger. Mm-hmm. And it keeps going in your head over yeah. and over like a the snowball effect. It mm-hmm. starts off small, and the lower it gets down the mountain, the bigger it gets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes you just have to let it go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because they say that 85% of what we think today, we're going to think tomorrow. So if, if we keep getting stuck... Mm-hmm. And and in, in that anger and frustration, then that's going to be with us. At least a portion of that is is potentially going to go into the next day with us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it may not be eighty five percent for each person, but a lot of what we think today, we bring at least with our unconscious mm-hmm. part of us mm-hmm. into the next day. And I, so I think we have to be careful about getting stuck for too long mm-hmm. in our ruminations. And I think movement, like getting outside, walking, can help me get stuck, get out of those negative mm-hmm. ruminations. 
um, but you know, what helps you guys kind of get out of them when you're getting stuck well, in them? Well, so, you know, if we want to talk about forgiveness and yeah. how to truly offer that up, that's something I've struggled with for a really long time. And I think because of the language that I have kind of created inside of my head. So for the longest time, forgiveness felt equaled. It's fine. It's okay. Yeah. Well, it's not okay. It yeah. will never be okay. It yeah. was wrong. It will always be wrong. So I can't forgive until I had to understand forgiving is equals let go. Let yeah. go of that shit. Mm -hmm. It does not make it right. It will never be right. I just let it go. You don't have to forget it either because right. like, we don't want to forget what happened with the civil rights, right? Like we don't, All of we that. need to remember that in order not to repeat it. But at the yes. same time, like you know, we still have to move forward. And so it's yes. like, it's not forgetting. Right. Forgiveness is not forgetting. It um, also doesn't have to equal allowing the repeat of the same action or behavior. Mm -hmm. You can say, so for example, if you're dealing with a person that you're having a hard time uh, forgiving, you can forgive, you can let go, you don't have to invite them back in. Mm -hmm. They can be forgiven and they can be in their own space. You don't have to invite them back in life. And for me, that took a long time mm -hmm. to understand that just because I forgive you doesn't mean you can get back in. That yeah. that that those are two separate things. Yeah. Yes. And I think too with forgiveness, if we are setting a boundary with that person, mm -hmm. for me it feels really good to still wish them light and love and goodness on their mm -hmm. journey. Like for me that's part of like I still I still want to wish you the best. That that feels healing to me. That might not to everybody, but that really helps me to do that piece I agree. of it. Well, you know, Sean mentioned meditation. One of the hardest guided meditations that I did was, um, you know, we, we sat there and we thought about ourselves and there was well wishes for ourselves. And then we thought about people that we love and, you know, I'm going with it. And I was like, well wishes for people that love. And then the guide from meditation said, okay, now I want you to envision your enemy. And I was like, whoa, hold up. Wait a minute. What are we doing here? And it was so specific. Think about that person Think about what they did to wrong you. Think about the hurt. Wish them well. Yeah. That was it. I didn't have to do anything. Just sit there and kind of, you know, follow the steps. Mm -hmm. It was the hardest thing. But that's the let go. Yeah, to wish them you well. You know, yeah. to wish them well. I wish you well doesn't make it right. Right. Doesn't mean I invite you you back in, but I wish you well. Yeah, it doesn't mean somebody deserved it. But, I mean, I think also, like, we're all in need of grace. And that's mm -hmm. another thing that helps me to forgive is that, like, I make mistakes. I need grace. I need forgiveness. And so that person do does as well. And they may have done something wrong but they're still in need of grace, just like I am. And that's the two of you. For one, it's we don't allow us, ourselves to make mistakes. Nobody else better make no mistakes. Yeah. Because oh, that's yeah. a corporal punishment. Don't you think, Sean? Oh, yes. There's times where I was teaching martial arts. Some kid would do something wrong. I'm like, I told you six, seven mm -hmm. times. I've showed you seven, eight times. And the kid still does it. So I had to tell myself at one point, it's a six-year-old kid. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Why did he do like... it? Why did he not do it? Yes, you just got to tell yourself, it's a kid. 
Right. Yeah, there's other things for that. Uh, mm -hmm. For me, mm -hmm. I tend to try to make everybody like me. Mm. So I'll want That's to a hold nine in you, baby. I'll mm -hmm. hold on to everybody. So instead of just letting them go, I'll keep going. And there's times where it would have makes it worse. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That I've got to tell myself to let that go. Yeah. Yeah. That I can't force everybody to like me. Yeah. Yeah. You can't yeah. find that oneness and that harmony with everybody. Yeah. Right. With yeah. that nine wing. Right. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um. Okay, well, we're doing some hard work here to today, guys, talking about forgiveness and letting go. Um, it's not easy stuff. All right, well, we're going to look at Michelle Obama next, um, who uh, some say she's a one and some say she's a three. So I just want to say that I've read different things about what she might be and she has never identified um, as far as I know, but she says this, as women, we must stand up for ourselves. We must stand up for each other. We must stand up for justice for all. And of course, that's like a hallmark word for the one is, is you know, that fight for justice. Mm -hmm. And so like any thoughts on that with you guys being ones of like how that connects with your own spirits and way of being in the world? Well, it's that we must stand for ourselves. Mm -hmm. That really stands out for me, standing up for ourselves. Because there's times where somebody gets mad at me or something, or if I did something wrong, or if something needs to change, I may not stand up for myself. Mm -hmm. And there have been times, and other ones will wind up this, will wind up getting taken advantage of. Yeah. Maybe not asking for a raise at a job when we mm -hmm. know we're worth the money, mm -hmm. or other situations where we'll just tough it out mm -hmm. and yeah. stick with it. And just standing up for ourselves, letting people know this is what we want, is very important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because that's part of what hurt my uh, marriage with my wife, my mm -hmm. ex-wife, is I never told her what I wanted. Mm -hmm. It was always about her and her kids. Mm -hmm. That was it. Mm -hmm. I had nothing, and that's why I went into depression. Mm -hmm. I never stood up for myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also, that nine wing showing up mm -hmm. of accommodating, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So to stand to stand up for yourself is really important because, yeah, I think especially if a one is in an unhealthy place and viewing mm -hmm. themselves as bad, they're more likely to let other people kind of walk over them in the workplace, at home, mm -hmm. wherever they may be as mm -hmm. a one. So I think mm -hmm. that that. Yeah, if a one is standing up for themselves, it's easier to stand up for others. Just like if, you know, one is loving themselves, it's easier to love others. Mm -hmm. um, and I, But I do think that that standing up for justice is something that I would say I see in, my, in the ones in my life. You know, they deeply care about, a lot of them deeply care about politics. You know, mm -hmm. um, in a way, sometimes as a two, I might need to be a little bit more engaged, even though my one wing does help me to show up for that, mm -hmm. you know. But I'm, um, you know, really aware of how ones have strong convictions would be like a phrase I would use mm -hmm. for a one. Mm -hmm. Any thoughts on your end, Kat? You know, for me, the word justice just stands out. It's such a word that resonates with me. You know, like when you're a little kid, did y'all, like, have a dream what you wanted to be? Did y'all have, like, a dream? Okay, yes. what was yours, Sean? For the longest time, I wanted to be an astronaut. I love it. Me too. That was my number two. I'll tell you my number one in a second. Christy. Oh gosh, I have so many. I, like I went through like country like music, oh. singer, Broadway singer, oh. 
lawyer for foster kids <laughs> and then I finally felt like a call to ministry when I was 15 but oh. like I had and there were probably others but those oh. are just the ones that come to mind tell me yours. so I wanted to be an astronaut but and I don't even I don't remember that my parents had to tell me my first dream was to be a clown literally y'all the goal the dream job was to be a clown and then, but I do remember the astronaut. But anyway, what I want to tell you the story about is, and now that I am middle-aged, I was like, if I could do anything, what would I do? And I would love to be a damn judge. Oh. I feel like I would just shine bright in that mm -hmm. black robe because it comes so organically to me. Like, it's so obvious, right? And there's a wrong. Yeah. It's, it is so simple. It is, I can see it. I can feel it. I can smell it. And then you fight for what's right. You do the justice. Yeah. So, and then I'm like, well, I don't know if I can do like criminal stuff. And then I thought, well, maybe I'd just be a mediator. So I don't know. I might retire and get certified as mediator and let my oneness shine. There you go. I but love justice, that. You know. Yeah, and my brother identifies as a one, and that's mm -hmm. really interesting because he works in insurance, mm -hmm. but he speaks like a lawyer. If I have legal issues, like, I call him mm -hmm. to talk with him about that, and he has thought about law school. And so it's just really, like, there right? are certain professions mm -hmm. for certain numbers that just, they like, feel connect. Right. They yeah. fit. Yeah, that definitely, mm -hmm. that sense for, of justice. Yeah, yeah, that makes total sense. Okay, all right, well, um... Eleanor Roosevelt, do you want to read that one for us? Be confident, not certain. <laughs> so, short quote be mm. confident, not certain. What comes up for you guys with that one? Well, with the being, having that perfectionist with you, in you, there's times where I may not do uh, teach something in a, a young class or train someone to something because it, I don't have it perfect myself. Yeah. Even though I know what it is, I know how to do it. It just since I can't do it, I may not teach it. Mm -hmm. I may not deliver on it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I just need to have that confidence in myself that I can communicate it to them. Right. Right. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Anything coming up for you about be confident, not certain? You know, certainty is such a comfort word for me. Mm -hmm. I was just talking to a student um, after teaching a class and I was, you know, I told my students about my 15 year old and how she took me out for, you know, emotional roller coaster yesterday. And a student of mine who is a little older than me said, okay, let me just tell you, one of the toughest days for me was when my daughter um, said, middle of her college career that she didn't feel, think college was a fit for her. Mm. And she's like, and I was just in a tailspin. She said, now she's successful. She is uh, happy. She's a great parent. It all worked out. And I'm like, Linda, if somebody just told you at that day when she said, mm, I don't know if college is for me. If somebody just told you, be certain. Mm -hmm. She's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. That would have been okay. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, it's not life. So when she was telling me this story, I was like, oh, I don't know what I would do. I started getting panicky for her, for something mm -hmm. that happened in the past. So not having certainty. And I mean, I don't know if other numbers truly struggle with that. 
I feel that's one thing, not yeah. having that path outline, mm-hmm. not having that end result seen there, not having that time stamp ahead of time. It's very hard. Yeah, because for a one, there's so much about wanting it to be this way or that way, right yes. or wrong, good or bad. You know, there yeah. there's this need for answers and certitude. And, um, you know, Raina Maria Rilke talks about, you know, living the questions mm-hmm. and then maybe one day in the far distant future, we'll live our way into the answers. But I love that, right? Oh, like, goosebumps that, again. Yes, oh, so hard. powerful. So, I mean, I think that we're here to live the questions and yeah. to like have humility and to live in the gray and in the mystery. Now, if you were talking to my 20 year old self, I've had a lot of answers, right? Like mm-hmm. I would argue politics with my, my brothers, um, and family. And I had a little bit of self-righteousness and, you know, and now mm-hmm. like the older I get, the mm-hmm. more I love leaning into the, I don't know. I mean, there mm-hmm. are some things I know, but to live in the, I don't know, I think mm-hmm. is powerful and to have just humility again, yeah. which is a virtue I need as a two. Yeah. But I think that, you know, ones also need that one because, yeah. you know, they do like to have the answers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I think that's something that I actually like. You talked about owning middle age. You know, we're both mm-hmm. in our 40s. How old are 41. you? Okay, so we're all in our 40s. <laughs> There's a club of 40-year-olds here today. But, um, you know, we are in our middle age, and I like to think in my middle age, embracing mystery mm-hmm. is something I want to do. Yeah. yeah, so love it. All right, let's look at our next quote, George Bernard Shaw. We don't stop playing because we grow old. We grow old because we stop playing. And, of course, this um, is, this quote is for us to look at the one going to the seven mm-hmm. and becoming more spontaneous and playful and silly and adventurous and all those things. So you guys tell me about that because y'all know more about how important that is maybe than I do. So that's just a needed sort of virtue for the, for the one is to... Get playful. That's something I'm still working on myself. Mm-hmm. Trying to be more spontaneous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As a one, we get stuck in our habits. Mm-hmm. Where we go to the same stores or go to the same restaurants. We drive the same way. There's a yes. shorter path of like, this is the only one I know. I'm comfortable with it. I'm driving that. It's longer, but I know yeah. it. I'll do that as well. Right. When I go running in the mornings, I'll tend to always take the same route mm-hmm. when I need... To run a different way. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. run a different direction. Mm-hmm. Change it up a little bit. It can do a lot for you mentally. Just seeing different scenery. Mm-hmm. But that feeling of being lost, I think, mm-hmm. is part of it. It's like mm-hmm. not knowing where you're at. Because mm-hmm. I can get precise when I'm running. I, I know at this point I've hit three miles. I know at this point I've hit four mm-hmm. miles. So mm-hmm. I tend to kind of like to stay there mm-hmm. at that sometimes. It just got to let go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love that. That... That's so much my language, and I agree with you, and I admire Sean because, unlike me, he's doing the work. I just go with surround yourself with playful people. Yeah. I mean, I'm married to a seven. I mean, that's play all day, every day, if you let him. So, surround yourself with people that would, you know, invite you, teach you, and show you the playfulness, the spontaneity, 
the beauty of it and kind of get into it by extension, yeah. by affiliation. I mean, that's how I do it. Fake it till you make it. Yes. yes. I yeah. wish I could tell you, oh, yes, I'm just, once a month, I just wake up and I do spontaneous. No, I yeah. don't. It's so hard. But I'll let my spontaneous husband reel me into something weird. And yeah. that, that's, you know, that works as well. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Surround yourself with the playful people. That's great. I I would say, even though I'm not a one, uh, mm-hmm. definitely have a strong one wing. And I definitely grew up in that sort of what we call in the world of psychology, I was in the hero child role, mm-hmm. which is the child of an alcoholic, kind mm-hmm. of wanting to be serious and responsible. And that those are words that would describe a one, right? Serious mm-hmm. and responsible. That's why the one needs to be more like the seven. So even though I'm more of a two and more of kind of the helper child, there still was a lot of that one in me, and I still work with that one in me. And I I flower when I become more playful, when I, like, let loose, when, you know, just I have fun. Like, Lisa McBride is actually mm-hmm. a great teacher for me because she plays, like, fun music. Mm-hmm. You know, you were talking about she was yeah. your first yoga class at mm-hmm. Southern Soul, and... Um, so she'll play fun music and I'll start bouncing in the yoga class and like, I'm just having fun. Right. Mm -hmm. So she really helps me Mm -hmm. to have more fun. But I I can think back to earlier times in my life when like, I, you know, didn't dance enough and like, I'm trying to like, even though I'm a terrible dancer, I'm trying to like embrace that part of myself to dance. Like that might be a way that I become more playful to, Mm -hmm. to dance with my daughter and things like that. But, um, this is, you know. This is why the Enneagram is so helpful because it really is this map. Like even if you're looking at your wing, it's this map. How can I work on my one wing mm-hmm. and become more playful and healthy, you know, like the seven? Mm-hmm. And I just think that it's powerful for me. All right, friends. So moving on to our next quote by Henry Nowen, who said, When we honestly ask ourselves which person in our lives means the most to us, We often find that it is those who, instead of giving advice, solutions, or cures, have chosen rather to share our pain and touch our wounds with a warm and tender hand. The friend who can be silent with us in the moment of despair or confusion, who can stay with us in an hour of grief and bereavement, who can tolerate not knowing, not curing, not healing, and face with us the reality of our powerlessness. That is a friend who cares. I mean, I don't even know where, (laughs) how much time do we have? You know, it's like, where do we begin? What comes up for you, Sean? Well, it's that have that person with you. Mm -hmm. For me... I'm always doing something with my brother. Mm-hmm. He knows about me. He knows what I'm like. He knows when I'm getting mad. Knows when I'm getting angry. So it's like he can tell when something is happening. Mm-hmm. And then he'll change uh, what he's doing, what we're doing for a lot of stuff. Matter of fact, he's probably the reason, one of the reasons why I got through my divorce. Mm-hmm. And when I was going through it, he would take me out, do stuff. Helped me more than anybody ever has. You're very lucky not just to have a brother, but have him as a best friend. Yes. So, the way they talk about having somebody with you there Mm -hmm. 
can help a lot. And mm -hmm. it's kind of, I think, you, the ones need to let them know, hey, this is the way I am. I'm a one. Mm -hmm. And if you have that person there for you, mm -hmm. it can help that one come out of mm -hmm. those deep depressions or when they're going through those times where they're just holding on to something too much. Because yeah. he can look at it and it's like, uh, tell me, he can just look at me and say, you're holding on to something there. Just let it go. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. we'll be at my parents, we got different political views. My dad mm -hmm. will say some stuff, I'll mm -hmm. say some stuff, and then my brother will just like, it's time for us to go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sounds sure. like a typical family. Yeah. We all have those. Yeah. You know, I agree with you. And for me, it's more this quote is more about becoming that person. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. my initial reaction is, I just want to fix it. Can we just fix it? Tell me the problem. Let me help you fix it and move on. And life doesn't work that way quite mm -hmm. often. Like, there's times where you, there's nothing to fix or you just can't fix it. You are in the, you're in this thing. There's no fixing it. It is what it is. So now, what do you do then? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that's when ones can really get in touch with the highest highest level of being a four. Yeah. You know, in stress maybe, when we can actually, when we don't feel like we have to fix it, we can just be with it, which is so hard. And I think that's a superpower in itself to either be that person who is sitting with somebody's grief and pain and anguish or sit in our own for a bit which is also very hard because when I'm going through something I just want to fix it and be mm -hmm. done with it and sometimes you can you got to stay in it so that's I think for one when one really could get in touch with you know the error of stress when we we talk a lot you know in 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 health you know and growth one moves towards a seven and then which is an enthusiast and then the stress one moves towards a four but it doesn't necessarily have to be the lowest sides of the four it also be the highest mm -hmm. which is that power of i, I i'm going to just be with you mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. i'm going to be with myself with powerlessness with not curing with grief with despair with confusion which with whatever it is that is so uncomfortable mm -hmm. So, you know, it's work. It's mm -hmm. doable. You know, what's great about this is that this was written, these words were written by a healthy one. Yeah. You know, so this was the one sort of doing his spiritual and emotional work, right? Yeah. To say that, you know, a friend who can be silent in a moment of despair, that's a true friend. Yeah. That's, I think that's pretty rich. So, um, all right. So, let's... One last one. Do y'all have time for that? Mm -hmm. All right. Ellie Bazell. Um, so, of course, like, Ellie Bazell wrote the book Night about the Holocaust. Mm -hmm. And so just want to have that history there. But someone who hates one group will end up hating everyone and ultimately hating himself or herself. Mm -hmm. So what does that bring up for you guys as a one? I think that's the toughest quote for me out of all we've read. So I'm going to sit back and listen for a second. Mm -hmm. For okay. me, I, I can criticize a group of people, like, a, like in the fitness world. I don't really like CrossFit, mm -hmm. and that will just bury itself into me so much. Sometimes that I can criticize it and judge them so much that 
I can be very negative to them. Yeah. To those people. When I shouldn't be, I should be more looking to like, I'm just glad that they're working out. Mm-hmm. That they're doing stuff. And part of the reason for me not liking CrossFit is I'm so much of the perfectionist. I want the technique right. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of stuff they do where they don't do proper technique and they're going mm-hmm. to hurt themselves. Mm-hmm. So to me, I think this brings up a lot into that about having for one group of people. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, you can just take yourself from from that. Or even it can be wind up being just an individual. Mm-hmm. But isn't that where like the Enneagram gets to be so helpful is that like a lot of people wouldn't have the awareness that you just had that they were doing that. Yeah. And so like awareness comes before compassion, I think. And so like awareness is what helps us to go, you know what, some of these people may be hurting themselves, but that is their joy. That is where they move things out of their body and yeah. find a release and like that doesn't work for me and I still do worry that they might be hurting themselves like you can still think those sort of thoughts but to still have acceptance and compassion that that that's their jam and Mm -hmm. good for them and like so I love how that aware that self-awareness that you had can in turn lead to that acceptance and compassion um but yeah I mean but this is hard work and again like Kat was saying earlier, we live in a world where we just, like, really, really need this. Like, we need, mm-hmm. we need this compassion. Um, and I, I just, I don't really have a lot of words to say about that. I just know that we need it. And so we have to practice it for ourselves to give it to others um, and vice versa. Yeah. Like, you know, you practice it for others, you'll be more able to give it to yourself. You practice it for yourself, you'll be more able to give it to others. Mm-hmm. Like, it goes both directions. So we just, we have to practice it. And that's why I love that we call yoga a practice and compassion as a practice, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Right? Yes. I agree with you. You know, what I think about is when I, you know, really sit with this quote is, like attracts like. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. more you hate more hate you are going to create around yourself internally, externally. And more you love, more love you will create internally and externally. Mm -hmm. So it's, I think, for one easy, you know, when you use a word hate, which is such a strong word, it truly would be directed to somebody who has done, you know, horrible, unspeakable, you know, terrible, terrible things. And the natural response may be, you know, you hate that. Abuse of some kind. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. But but the stronger muscle would be to not hate. Yeah. You know, and again, it goes back to the forgiveness. Not hating doesn't mean justifying the wrong. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean, you know, forgetting the wrong. It just means that you're not creating hate that would spread into you. Yeah. Regardless, you know, what you give out, it's like I think about energetic boomerang. You know, what you throw out there, that sucker's going to circle right back around and hit you in the head. Mm -hmm. So is it love? Is it hate? Is it compassion? Is it easier said than done? Absolutely. Yeah. But ultimately, you know, and we live in a world where we see, you know, we just taped an episode about Uvalde. Like, 
how do you find love after something like that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, you know, you have, that's why they say you have to choose love. Mm -hmm. And that's a choice and it's a hard choice. And, you know, I hope and pray that, you know, we don't have so many times when we are in positions where we have to make that conscious choice Mm -hmm. between love and hate. But ultimately, that's what you would start creating, whatever it is you're choosing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's really yeah. long about answer to. You know. No, I love that. And I think we also, in that episode on Uvalde, we were talking mm-hmm. about empathy. Yeah. And empathy and, and trying to understand and put yourself in the shoes yeah. of others always leads to compassion. Yeah. Because when you can think about even the shooter, which is hard to do, but right. you can think about... There must have been some childhood trauma, like yeah. generations of yeah. trauma that even came before he yeah. was born that kind yeah. of were just passed down yeah. and mental health issues and who knew. And that doesn't excuse anything. No. It doesn't, it, it's horrible. It's horrible. But I think that sometimes like offering that kind of compassion and empathy to the person in our life that's the hardest for us to love. Can be powerful because it helps us to love the part of ourselves that's the hardest for us to love. The same with forgiveness, you offer up a forgiveness, you're able to forgive yourself. The same with, you know, if you forgive somebody else's mistake, although that six year old should mm-hmm. have gotten it right, I'm just playing, but then you can allow yeah. yourself, you know, space for a mistake. Again, what you give out, right, more than likely what you give in to yourself. And that's, you know, yeah. you, you fix the broken parts. Yeah. But, it, I mean, and then that's really beautiful. And it, it is something for all of us to sit with. If we can mm-hmm. attend to the wounds in other people and just see that, that they're there and that they're big, then we can turn inward and have a lot of compassion for our mm-hmm. own wounds. And we all have them. We all yeah. carry stories from our childhood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if we can't do that for others, we can't do that for ourselves. Right. It is the boomerang that yeah. you said yeah. earlier. Yeah. yeah, I like yeah. that analogy yeah. for sure. Um, okay, we're going to talk about you. We're going to end right. this talking about you. So I want you to... Like self promote. I know that's hard. Brag on yourself. (laughs) Brag on yourself. We will put all the contact information on our website so people don't run for pens and pencils. You just listen to Sean and then you can log in and see how you can get a hold of him. But Sean, tell us about all that you get to offer. As a one, promoting myself is the hardest thing to do. Yeah, yeah, but be like a three. We want you to find that three energy right now and self-promote. Tell people where they can find you, like, you know, where you teach. Just just tell our listeners a little bit more about how to connect. I teach yoga at uh, Yoga Landing. I teach a couple classes there. Uh, Early morning, 6 a.m. on Wednesdays, if you're ever (laughs) able to get up early that morning. On uh, Sundays, I teach Hot Elemental at 12 at Yoga Landing. And then I teach at the downtown sports barn. I have several classes there. I teach Sunday at 10, a mindful class. Mondays at 6 a.m. Wednesdays, I mean, yeah, Tuesdays at 9. Wednesdays at 6. And then Thursdays at 5.30. Mm. And then we have a new place that's opening up in 
July. We haven't got the schedule set yet, 100%, but right now I'm teaching Saturdays at 10 o'clock over at Dragonfly Dreams. They haven't quite opened fully yet, but we've been teaching some classes there. Great. And just more of like a mindful power. So it's not as hard as a power class, but it's not as gentle as a mindful. It's kind of like a little in-between That's oh, Those are so nice sometimes, don't you That's think? That's my favorite. Like you want the in Exactly, you want the in-between. I don't want you yeah. to kill me with yoga, but then I want to feel like we I've moved my body. Yes. So that's a perfect balance. I love that. And then as for personal training, mm-hmm. I can train people. As long as you have a gym at home, I can always train you at your at home. People tend to not let you go into other gyms, but I do train at the sports bar. And if you ever mm-hmm. need any strength training, endurance training, a functional movement, uh, learning more about uh, martial arts, maybe learning some self-defense, mm-hmm. that as well, I can teach too. That is great. Yeah. That is great. Well, thank you for your vulnerability today, for being here, for just being so open with us, and, and we've really been blessed by this time. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for allowing me to be here. Yeah. After this word from our sponsor, tune in for a short meditation. Learning to let go is a practice that ones need to work on, but that all of us need to work on. And so today I want to offer one way that each of the nine types can work on letting go. You might have prayer hands at your heart. You might have your palms touching your thighs. Whatever feels like this is what I need to breathe and to feel safe, find that right now and start to breathe. In through the nose. Big exhale out through the mouth to truly let go of something. Find your inhale. Exhale letting go of something that is not serving you. We often will say in a yoga class as teachers, what do you need to let go of that's no longer serving you? And so maybe as you breathe, meditate on that question right now. And then find a breath in. Exhale out through your mouth. And maybe say out loud, or in your mind's eye, I let go of the need to be perfect. And then breathe in and breathe out. I let go of the need to overfunction. And then breathe in and breathe out. I let go of the need to be successful. And then breathe in and breathe out. I let go of my comparisons with other people. And then breathe in and breathe out. I let go the idea that I am not smart enough. And then breathe in and breathe out. (sighs) 
I let go of gluttony and numbing my pain. And then breathe in and breathe out. I let go of the need for power and control. And then breathe in and breathe out. I let go of the need to please others. Know that the light in me sees and honors the light in each of you. Namaste.